Happy birthday to you. One day late. Happy birthday to you. It's coronavirus. You have to give me a break. Happy birthday, dear Scotty. Even though I gave you a video last night while it was still a birthday my time. Happy birthday to you. Yay! <laughs> I hope you had that recorded on your end. <laughs> what, the yay? <laughs> yes. The muted that yay. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. So that was very um, inspiring of you. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> like so many other things you do, you did it with gusto, if not. It, yes. <laughs> I, and, I don't know what else to put after that, really. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I think we could leave that in the show notes. People could understand why people were staring at me in the park on the panhandle <laughs> where I was. Yes, it was like, I'm surprised no one came and tried to pick you up. Uh, but for people who have no idea, John, John sent me a video last night of him having fallen off his bicycle and hit his head, um, uh, which was all very finely staged. Yeah, yeah. And completely believable, too. It was. Well, I always believe that you, when you ride your bicycle and you crash, that you are holding your phone, uh, taking a selfie as you do it. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's why you crashed. That's <laughs> probably why. Indeed. Well, Scotty, how are you enjoying this sunny, perfect day in Camp Corona? Uh, well, it's not sunny. It's been sunny here. Do you know, one, one of the ironic things here is the weather in Great Britain has been bloody awful for most of this year. Um, I think uh, myself and uh, my wife were in Nice for the new year uh, on, um, on the Mediterranean, south of France. And, you know, beautiful sunny skies, lovely. And then we came back to England on, I think, about the 8th of January. I think it was 9th of January, somewhere in there. And, um, you know, we didn't see sunshine or a clear sky again. I think it was for about 14, 15 days. And that's pretty much summed up this year so far. It has been raining most of the time and when it's not it has been gray and bleak and literally no shit uh the the day after we were put in compulsory lockdown and not allowed to leave the house the sun has been shining ever since there's pretty much nothing more british than that (laughs) it is the sun the sun says ah the brits are inside fuck you i'm on my way (laughs) (laughs) that's true maybe they just don't like seeing your your pasty white body (laughs) And especially now, as, as you would say, America, none of us are wearing pants because we're all at home. So yeah. <laughs> it's like I could be. I went out to. Um, I'm a. I think I think you call them sweatpants or well, lounge pants or whatever you call them in the US. I don't. <laughs> no, now we call it business casual. <laughs> business casual. Yeah, someone came pulled up outside to drop something off the other day, and I, you, you just wander out and think, oh wait a minute, no, I am not really dressed appropriately. My, my my daughter says it could be worse. We're looking forward to the. We're not looking forward to. It. There will come the age when you will just wander out with no pants and nobody, and you won't care. So oh. there we are. Uh, there we are. That's enough. That's enough about uh, my pant wearing and uh, the UK sunshine. What have you been doing um, in your developer world in your time of isolation? Well, it's it's been a mixture of things. You know, uh, it's you know everybody wants to keep going forward with certain things, but as you might imagine, you know, we're treating this period as as one to be cautious, right? Because it's 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 known from that that 
that, you know, we've been asked to reduce traffic and, you know, a lot of people are in. So, you know, we are, are you know, quite busy. But on the one hand, we can't just go back and kind of deploy things at a breakneck pace. And so we're, we're you know, figuring out how to, to keep forward momentum and what to work on. And one of the things I've been working on is, is looking at things that, that are kind of longest-term projects that, that can be worked on safely. And one of the things I, I want to experiment a little bit with is, is dynamic type, which is a tricky thing to do. It's one of the, the accessibility technologies that I think is, is, is most used by people that you wouldn't normally say need assistive technologies, and that's people who, whose eyesight is not great. And that could be either because they, they have, you know, have very high-strength prescription glasses or they're just getting older. I mean, I have, see plenty of people who, you know, use the the slider in the in the in the accessibility option to kind of adjust the text um and so those apps that support it will basically say what would have been say 12 point type will now be 18 point type but the the secret for doing that is you can't really specify you just can't you can't specify text you know by by setting a ui font with a a a set size you have to do it essentially with with a style Kind of like it's done with markup language. You can say, hey, this is body text, and then you make a definition for body text and say that body text in its normal kind of unadjusted size is 12 points. And then if somebody decides they want it to be smaller, it will then set all instances of body text to be eight point, let's say if you're in an Asian country where you have a character-based language and and you want density and, and your eyesight is perfect. Whereas with a with a you know an older population you might set body text to be 18, in which case all instances of that are grown. But the, the challenges for doing that is that, you know, especially with mobile, you really have, you know, space is always at a premium. And so you have to kind of figure out how to adjust the layout. And so since that touches lots of different things, that's not something that can be done lightly, but at least starting to, to look at the, the foundation requirements for it is, is something, you know, one of the projects that I, I decided that I was going to, to, to take up. But in the meantime, uh, you know, there's still other things that have to get pushed out. There's something that was uh, that had been pushed out or, you know, kind of put behind, but now it is going to launch. Um, and so I look forward to being able to finally speak about stuff I've been hinting at for the longest time in the past. Um, but on a side note, but I, I'm going to let it t- take a brief breath and let you go. But then I will talk to you about a side thing that I've been starting up, which I think hopefully kind of interesting. Oh, so you oh, see, this is the whole thing. You're going to work from home and you start becoming like having to find these other things to do with all your spare time. Something like, well, yeah, in fact, well, something like that. I mean, I can, I can, you know, you know, and I think maybe one of our fractional listeners might know that my wife is a, a, a cooking instructor. And so like, like everyone else, all her in-person classes have been canceled and so she's been taking to the airwaves so she's been going live on instagram and i get to be the videographer for that which has been kind of interesting i've um uh, people have noticed that it that it's a little bit better you know her her i think she's very good at what she does i'm not just saying that because she's her wife but she but my wife but uh she's very bubbly and enthusiastic and has great stories and i think her whole thing about going live is to, to kind of spend no more than 15 minutes talking about things that can be made and about that and about the time it takes for a pot of water to boil um, and using ingredients that you may have around. So she did a thing on tuna because lots of people go out and, and, and buy tons of tuna because it's a, a good staple food for emergencies. And we may find that after this is passed, we're either we're left with no food whatsoever or lots of extra tuna, or you're just looking forward to, to find ways to make tuna taste tastier. Anyway, so she's been doing these things and I've been doing the videography for it. And the sad thing is, is that, you know, the, I think the camera work is good. I'm astounded at 
at how good the video quality of the you know the the latest iPhones are, but the audio is not so great because it's fine for me as the camera operator, but I'm not doing the speaking, and for her, it's not as good as it could be. And and for love or money, it's been hard to to kind of get the right type of you know to 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 decide what type of wireless mic or what type of system to use for it. And once I, I made the decision, it's going to be still probably two weeks before anything can get shipped. So the poor people are going to have to live with subpar audio for some time. But um, she allowed me to do a takeover of, of one of her episodes. Um, and I've been enjoying watching that, that, uh, that my episode is, uh, is, is, is among her top three now <laughs> and <it's> still climbing <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm tempted. And, and the funny thing is, is she was kind of, of kind of like, this is my show and, and kind of interrupting as I'm trying to, 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 to deliver my points and giving me these, let's hurry it up thing, even though I wasn't even close to going over the lot of time. So now I'm so pissed off. I'm like, want to like, see if I could double the viewing numbers to make sure I'm firmly number one, just, just out of spite. So it's things like this that, that help keep uh, families together. <laughs> it's un- unlo- unlike you to co- come on a show and try and dominate. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. I think you're saying something. But, but, but hold on a second, Scotty. I know that you do all the work, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean I, I do 90% of the bugger all? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you, you, no, you, this is, this is, this is your show. I'm your, I'm your faithful, you know, co-host. But, oh, no, 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 but this that, is our, this is our show. If we're going down, we're going down together. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Scotty. But that's, that's not even the, the, the real side project is the, the, the work side project is I decided, okay, this is a good opportunity to learn Swift UI. And two things happen. One is that I, I kind of have a project that was offered to me. I mean, it's it's I'm, it's a thing I'm doing for love, um, but I thought but because I, the nature of it is such that I think it would be a perfect thing for Swift UI, um, and I would love to talk about it. But I think we should give our poor cyclist um, indoors. I don't know. Well, maybe he's not. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe fractional listener who's normally going to the gym and on the, the cycle now is not even able to do that. Maybe he's just yeah. sitting on his couch doing his duty or maybe he's sitting on the can doing his duty. If he has gone to the gym, then he's you know going to be a social pariah for breaking yeah. isolation rules in the UK anyway. Anyway, I will give him, I give him a rest. Maybe he's just got to change, you know, if, if you're used to doing exercise, um, you know, when one of us is speaking and taking your break when the other is speaking, maybe maybe move to a different chair in the room or something until, <laughs> until the isolation is finished and consider it exercise between the two. Take, if, take the... If, you, if you're fortunate enough to live somewhere with multiple rooms, maybe change a room. Yeah, take, take the red line from the, the couch to the chair. And your grueling commute. Uh, so what have I been up to this week? Okay, you're going to, uh, based on going back through old episodes in my my view on things, this uh, this next thing is going to um, or shock you, make you laugh, or maybe you just won't give a toss anyway. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's probably what I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so we have been making a few decisions uh over the last week which um i want to get a little bit uh more concrete in my plans and head before i speak about them just in case i i change them but what it's what it's meaning is um some of the the new code that uh, we have been writing for um our sort of next major release of moneywell um we now think we might want to use in 
um, the current release of Moneywell to to bring us some advantages earlier. Um, they are totally separate code bases at the moment because one of the things we do with the new Moneywell is is bringing code across or rewriting it in order to make sure that every piece of code in there has been reviewed and checked and whatever. So, you know, there's 10 years worth of of um, code in, in the current one and thought this was an opportunity to just make sure it's all good. So they are separate code bases um, until now never the twain shall meet. Uh, so we had to decide how to how to do that. Now, um, uh, I've spoken a little bit in the past about how we use Xcode Gen. Um here to generate an Xcode project um, so that we don't have to check an Xcode project into uh, our GitHub repo. Uh, this brings us a whole bunch of advantages that when people add new files to the project or move where things are in the project, you don't get project conflicts, which always are really a complete pain to um, sort out when you've got multiple people on the project. But we also became an advantage because we've had to use CocoaPods for a couple of frameworks that we've been using. And CocoaPods obviously creates a workspace. And CocoaPods is my biggest objection to it, other than people just randomly throwing third-party code into their apps without thinking about it, which has been a pet hate of mine forever and still is, um, is CocoaPods always manipulates your project file and, and does things to it to make things work. Of course... If you don't have a permanent project file, you generate it every time you need it, that becomes less of a problem. So, um, you know, my my major objection to CocoaPods from a technical point of view, putting aside the moment that people just use it to throw code in too easily, um, it has gone away. So we now need to start sharing code uh, between our two projects. And so I've decided to write CocoaPods to do it, but um, not publicly available ones. We set up our own um, library because you go with. Um, I'm assuming lots of people use CocoaPods. Probably you know know far more about it than I do. But with um, uh, CocoaPods has a library so that you can register your pod if it's open source, and you can just say load pod A, and it goes to the library, gets the details from it, then goes to the right repo and downloads it and does the right thing. Um, but you can create your own private libraries that no one else can see to keep all your pods in. So this week I have been splitting code out of um, the new Moneywell and um, creating um, a series of CocoaPods and forming our own CocoaPods library um, uh, on GitHub for usage. Um, I have converted the existing Moneywell to um, remove a bunch of the way it's structured and allow us to Xcode gen that as well. Um, and CocoaPods has become our code sharing mechanism. And that is a sentence that I never thought I would ever say. But actually, when you get rid of the, it messes with your project downsides of it, it's, it works quite well. So I'm, and I'm reasonably pleased with it so far. Wow, Scotty, I'm having to hold on as if there's an earthquake going on. I think the only thing that could be more shocking is if you were to next episode and say that you decided to rewrite everything in React Native. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I just thought you were taking that for granted. Oh, yeah, and that, that <laughs> your back end you're going to do in Rails. <laughs> yeah, everything's in Java now. Java beans. <laughs> Java beans <laughs> all the way. I've no idea what they are, but 
those beans we love them <laughs> yes yeah, so that's uh, uh that's what it is um but one of the nice things is is the, is the old moneywell was uh running on sub modules i call it the old moneywell it's actually the current moneywell i should i shouldn't denigrate it should i the current moneywell runs on sub modules and a whole bunch of uh, other things which uh i i dislike sub modules oh yeah uh, almost as much as i've disliked cocoa pods and in fact here's the thing if you remove the 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 what it does to your project file aspect of cocoa pods i take cocoa pods over sub modules so in many ways we've got rid of sub modules and improve the existing code base as well uh so that has been good now i also did move the um minimum uh deployment target for the current moneywell up a couple of OSs. Now, don't worry, we the current Manuel supports ten seven, which is old. I mean, mm. yeah, we're ten fifteen now. That's that's uh, uh, there have been more more releases of uh, Mac OS since the level we support than there had been in the entire time up to where we support. It's just to put it in context. Um, so I just moved it up a few, and of course, immediately about a hundred and eighty. Or that felt like 180 million. No, probably it's more that you know, just literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of warnings of um, deprecations coming in, and and it's easy just to ignore deprecation warnings, um, but you do so at your peril because they are there for a reason. Because one day those deprecations aren't lo- are no longer deprecations; they've just gone away and they're not even yeah. there anymore. Um, so I spent a lot of time clearing up deprecation warnings. Now, the the. Unfortunately, most of them are with Swift coming on the scene. There's been a whole bunch of uh, constants renamed uh, and been given better names. So I would say of the hundreds and hundreds of warnings, I think there must have been about three or four hundred altogether. Yeah, a couple of hundred of them were um, just constants renamed, which was a boring few hours, but it didn't take long at all. Um, and the ones I still have left to do, which again, they're they're, they're only small ones, but to do is. Uh, NS Alert has uh, changed quite a lot um, with begin sheet and end sheet, and now you're supposed to use um, NS Alert itself with uh, with um, blocks to handle the the, the finishing. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, NS URL connection is a thing of the past, uh, and you're supposed to use NS URL sessions. So I'll probably clean those as well. But they but they are the type of things. Actually, the the concepts are close enough that it really is just about moving. Um, changing to an URL session, for example, and moving the code that would have been in the completion handler um, delegate into the completion block um, and making some tweaks. So it, it's it's fairly minor, but there we are, messing around with lots of code. And hence again, working in Objective-C for the week and um, realizing how fast that thing builds in comparison. <laughs> Isn't that great? So there we are. So that's the old timer CocoaPod 10.7 deprecation warning crusty old man stuff. John, bring the kids back in and give them some bring Swift the kids UI. Back in. Yeah. Well, so, you know, th- there's a there's a guy I collaborated with many, many years ago who was just so sweet and kind and supportive when I was getting memory miner off the ground. This is a guy who who did uh it was a, an early Tedster and did this thing called Ted LA. Um, which was kind of before TEDx ever existed, that there was TED LA like one or two years until um, TED said, no, we're going to take over the official thing. And then he changed the name of his conference, the idea project. And that's where I, 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 I did a great presentation and met some, some, 
tons of people and got lots of help. So when, when, and, and we, we've remained friends and stayed in touch. And, and when he called saying, Hey, I've been working on this thing. And my partner said, you need an app. And of course, who am I going to call? He called me. And, and then of course I said, yes, you know? And so basically it's just a, a thing that he does that, you know, one of his passions is that he is a uh, one man show kind of theatrical production guy. Yes. This, this show called black when I was a boy. So he's very, and, and just his nature is that he loves, uh, you know, getting to know people and getting to know people over a dinner party. So he's had these, these cards called, I think therefore, um, I think that I should remember the title, but it's basically one of these, these prompt based deck of cards that you can use at a party to have people answer questions where they're put in situations and how they answer helps reveal something about them and not, not, not in a judgmental way, just like how, you know, it, it it's kind of like cards against humanity without the vulgarity and the and the racism. Um, but anyway, it's uh, and so he says, well, I want to have an app for that, and I, and and I said, well, you know, I'd be happy to take it on as a, as a kind of a side project, as so long as there's not a, a time definite thing. Because he at first he's like saying, how much do you want for? It? And I said, you can't pay me enough to to make it worth it, you know, if, if for 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 my time. But I will do it in this in this this friendly way. Especially because I've seen lots of examples with Swift UI where you're you're doing things manipulating cards in some fashion, like, and in fact, I was talking with a colleague. He said, "Yeah, in fact, I, I I've been doing a side project like that, similar with cards. I guess there are lots of of things that where people want to take how you present a deck of of cards of whatever kind using ones that are generated programmatically." And so I said, "This is great." And so I thought, well, how hard could this be? I'll just get the PDF of the actual printed deck, um, and I can slice and dice apart the things, and you know, and and how hard could that be? And then I thought about it a little bit more. It's like, well, no, that would be the really dumb way of doing it because they're not super complicated design. It's not. It's not like they're painted. They're just. It's text and an illustration that was done on a computer and some border lines and so on and so forth. I said, oh, okay, well, you know, if you programmatically generate it, you can animate it, you can scale it much more easily and cleanly, and, and you're really just taking, instead of a, a an expansion pack being an array of images of some sort, it's just, it's a JSON file which contains the text and the tagging for it, and then you 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 generate the whole thing programmatically. Um, and so then I was hipped to, to I, I'd heard of NS Screencast, like, I don't know how many years ago, I don't think I ever looked at, well, maybe I looked at one, but... Um, they have a ton of ones on Swift that are that I think the production values are super good. I mean, this is this is really nice where you have the talking head that's kind of sitting over on the bottom left hand corner of Xcode, but the rest of it is a screencast of Xcode. Um, and because it's Swift UI, it 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 it's very easy to follow along. Even on a small screen, you're watching it, and it's it's it it you can take it in really easily because you just have the preview and then the code on the left saying, "Here's how I change my declarations," and you see the update. And I thought. It looked really fun, and I was just having one of those aha moments saying, wow, this could be really fun in in, in the way that kind of discovering something new and, and having the power of making changes and seeing them update in real time and thinking, my gosh, this is so much easier than manipulate, you know, zip file, <laughs> compile, run, you know, this is just, it's really, it, it's kind of damn cool, I have to say. So, um, I, I'm just getting in the, in the early st- starting of it, but I, I, I've had quite a bit of fun even already so swift ui yeah well here we are john i mean you've gone from really in this last sort of 12 18 months from you know totally mr crusty in his objective c world and whatever else to you know now you're uh you know you're doing swift you're doing swift ui you're, you're even doing back-end server stuff you're you know it's you know who is this man 
I've lost yeah. track of you. I guess so. Well, desperate times. But I mean, I th- think the thing about it is, is that, um, you know, nobody, I, I don't think there were there. I think most people who were saying, I, I, you know, Swift looks great, but, or Swift UI looks great, but I, we're not even going to think about it. I think a lot of it is, is like, I don't want to be heartbroken by going down the path of saying, wow, this is really fun to play with. And then finding out one of two things. One is that, you know, it's completely falls over in someone. And, and that could, I think that for, for easy things, as far as I can tell, there's nothing in this, in this app. And it, I mean, since I'm defining it, I can make it so, but you know, even at the outset, it, it has to just be totally simple, you know? And so it, it's the type of thing Thing that that for for which it, you would say this is almost des- perfectly designed because you, you have some things like hey I'd like to do this thing and I sent the guy the screencast he's not a coder at all in in any sense he goes oh I could follow along it intuitively makes some sense for it about how you design these little modules and then that you just define what little bit of behavior that's different about them. Um, and so I think that's part of the goal of, of Apple was not just to have a language that doesn't have the baggage of, of, of C associated with it, but but also a mechanism for doing it that that you know almost anybody could who has who can think logically could pick up. And there's no deployment worries because whenever we release it, that will be 1.0. So there's no there's no penalty whatsoever for for you know for for not getting it into the hands of the people who have latest and greatest anyway. So. I don't know. I think it's kind of fun. I think uh, I think SwiftUI is definitely... We, we played with SwiftUI quite a lot around the dub dub time last year. Um, we made the decision then that um, it's a little early for really committing on anything big. Um, it's, it's great when it works, but when it doesn't work, it really doesn't work anymore. Um, again, for a smaller project where you're totally in control of everything, you know, it, totally cool and i know people have shipped quite a lot with swift ui so i'm not saying it doesn't work i'm just saying at the time when we were having to make some calls um it could be interesting to see what happens with swift ui this year um does it have loads of new features does it just get incrementally more stable do error messages improve um you know how you know how's how's what's been going been going on in there uh, but i think hold the, the idea of a declarative ui uh, and um the way it works and and equally one of the biggest reasons people like react native is the ability that you just change your javascript and immediately in the simulator it reloads and shows you your ui changes without having to rebuild your app um and you you know that that sounds like a small thing but if you think you know uh, even a, an incremental build might take 10 15 seconds and then you've got to have it load in the simulator really to try moving something a little bit and then run it in, in the current way is, is is a one minute round trip minimum. And if you're trying to make you know hundreds of incremental changes, that is really really um, you know days gone. Whereas having you know uh, React Native, you just change a piece of JavaScript and it changes was the biggest one of the biggest selling points for it. Ignoring cross platform stuff and everything else, which is yep. another issue. Yeah. Well, you know, in Swift UI with the um, with the preview, you get that you can see what's going on in your UI straight away. Um, so for no other reason, um, even if it doesn't bring you masses of new features or whatever else, if it's good enough, the moment, um, the moment that it's, it really works well enough. Yeah. I think most people are going to use it simply because development time will just like right now, um, using a storyboard or a zip for, for most things, not everything when it gets a bit complicated is faster than doing things in code. 
for, for a development point of view, I'm not saying runs faster. It obviously runs slower having to load storyboards and decode them and everything. Um, you know, uh, it's, you know, doing stuff in Swift UI is going to be faster than doing it in storyboards once we get, you know, get stuff going. So I think it's, it is the future, whether we, um, whether you like it or not, it's the way things are going to go. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how much that changes because things, because right now we have the debate of storyboards or code. And uh, basically when you lay out a storyboard, you choose to put an NS text view or a, a UI label or whatever it might be into the storyboard, or you choose to instantiate one in code. Whereas now with Swift UI, you're putting a UI representative um, element on there and you don't actually know what's being generated in code behind the scenes or even if you do it you don't necessarily tie to it because on one platform it might <coughs> generate <coughs> excuse me on one platform it might generate a UI label or on another platform it generates an NS text field um, it might be even on different versions of the OS it generates different controls depending on availability so the whole um, well, I do mine in code or I do mine in storyboard where effectively you're doing the same thing a different way, that's now a different argument because now you don't know what it's doing or you don't have control so much of what it's doing. So code versus Swift UI um, is going to be a different set of uh, uh, of discussions than code versus storyboards or code versus zips. Indeed, indeed. Well, Scotty, lest people think that all I do is, is have the chance to do fun things, I can tell you, I, I can... St- say quickly that yesterday I was slogging through debugging a problem in, in Node where I was seeing completely different results from a back-end service, you know, in a back-end API, um, depending on where I was in, in the life cycle of the app. And so, you know, in order to debug it, it VS Code, is it's not bad. I mean, it is kind of fun where I set things up and I, you know, I get my breakpoints in Xcode where I'm at some point about to make a request and then the window magically switches over to to VS Code where it, it's now, that comes front and I can see where it is in the application. But what I wanted to do is inspect the, the state of the request and the response so I could see all the the headers and there are tons of headers and one of the, and, 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 you know, traverse the objects so that I could get the debug info. And so I could actually get to a curl statement, which would be instrumental in helping, you know, some other people, um, figure out, Hey, what's different about the, 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 the context of these two requests. But I found, and this was kind of, you know, uh, a, a bit of consternation was trying to, you know, extract the complete text because I've noticed the VS code after a certain line length just basically truncates it. If you actually just go to kind of get it in the terminal, but if you turn it into JSON, if you stringify it, you know, then you can get it. But I don't know, this is, this is where I really was noticing the difference between uh, what's what you call an electron app and a native app in terms of text selection. It's horrific. At least I found it, at least in this particular part. So I don't know who to blame, you know, the framework they're using or the authors. But I don't know whether you've had anything like this. But this this was definitely harshing my buzz yesterday. I think when it comes to VS Code, I think VS Code is an absolutely incredibly good editor. And some of the plugins that has to enable you to do things with that is really good. I think it's possibly, from my point of view, less of a successful IDE. Mm. So mm. around the other stuff. Um, I've never done Node 
debugging with Visual Studio Code, so I, I can't recall. Um, when I, I've written Node quite a lot in the past, not recently, um, I used to use an IDE called um, WebStorm from JetBrains, the same people who did AppCode. Mm, that is mm. the IntelliJ, the whole thing in there. It, it is absolutely but ugly, um, like um, most of the java written stuff is but it, it it works really well but yes it's it's little things you suddenly notice going along everything's great oh wait a minute it doesn't allow me to select that and if it was a standard mac app control it would do um yeah they do make a difference i'm going to tell you my debugging war story now um i spent a load of time um uh, was it yesterday or a couple of days ago um you know uh, a number of hours trying to track down uh, a problem i was having that was causing uh, an app to not build it was current money well when I was doing a bunch of changes in it for moving sub modules and everything. And I just got to the point that I was just saying, I just, oh, you know, this is just a complete pain in the backside. I, I'm not, you know, I've, I've lost all heart here. And it got to that point where a colleague, Matt, in this case, said, do you want me to take a look? I said, yeah, I'll push a branch. He looked up and then he comes about 30 seconds later and says, if you just set this build setting, it goes away. And it's like, don't you hate it when that happens? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the point yeah. is, I've, I've been, I've been, and it wasn't like he knew that. He found the answer to the problem I was having on Stack Overflow, where I had spent a lot of time as well trying to see if there was anything to give me an indication of why I was receiving these particular messages. Um, and he just asked the question in a slightly different way, and this was the first answer he got, whereas the way I was asking the question, uh, that answer hadn't come up in a couple of hours of, of back and forth in, in, in doing things and trying to fix things. So there we are. It just shows the way you ask your question Totally. I mean, the answer that you get. And that's why you need a variety of people. Yep. Well, Scotty, I think that uh, it's time to bring this this episode to a, a creeping halt. Only a soft landing. I think it is. So, John, if people want to um, spend time in your soft landing, how should they do that? <laughs> they should come, <laughs> come to... <laughs> Okay, no, I'm going to resist. They should find me on Twitter where I'm Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if they want to um, help you help you ask the right questions, or what might they do that? Please send your questions to me on Twitter as MacDevNet. Or, of course, you can get hold of both of us with an email at feedback at iDeveloper.co. Well, John, enjoy your uh, enjoy your day of um, of hanging around with your many many projects. Now you've got a, your Netflix stuff, and then you're going to be um, doing your videography and sort of like future cooking show stuff, and then you're going to do your Swift UI, and you know you're just like a man of many talents. You know, I feel, like that. I feel diminished in your presence. <laughs> Thank you, Scotty. That makes me so happy. There's got to be a German <laughs> word that describes that. Sensation. Probably, and it'll and it'll have. <laughs> Yeah, lots of S's in it. <laughs> but there we are. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, stay safe in these uh, strange times. And uh, until next time, you take care. Thank you.